Thank you so much for joining us today. We're always encouraged to know God is working through new beginnings to touch lives. So if you have a story to share of how God's working in your life, please let us know. Send us an email at mystory@newbeginningsnj.org. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Thank you for coming out tonight. Realize it's not the perfect weather tonight. But, you know, when we press through things, God, uh, God honors that. Amen? Amen. So, what I want to talk to you tonight about is some principles. Principles always work. Do you realize that? They always work, especially the principles in the kingdom of God. So what I want to talk to you about tonight is what's going to help us to lead a successful life. I would think that it's an obvious desire in every person alive today, every person that's ever lived, the desire to live a successful life, a life that's productive, a life that is memorable, a life that's going to be remembered. Um, And in order to do that, there are certain principles that you and I can live by. What is a successful, productive life? A successful, productive life, I believe, is a life that brings good results to others as well as to self. Amen? It's a life that overcomes obstacles. And we live in a world, we live on a planet that is, that is constantly presenting obstacles to us. It's unfortunate. It wasn't meant to be this way. God didn't create it this way. But the fact is, you and I are going to encounter obstacles probably almost every day of our lives. In order for us to live a successful life, we have to tap into a spiritual principle that God provided for us to overcome obstacles, okay? I always like to go back to the book of beginnings. I believe that any teaching uh, is not really valuable or worth listening to unless it has its beginnings in the book of beginnings. The book of beginnings is the book of Genesis, okay? I keep hammering away at this because I want this to become part of something that we default to when we think about uh, any principles in the Word of God. If, if you sit under any kind of teaching, I, I hope it never happens that you're sitting under my teaching and this happens, or if you listen to somebody in television. If what they're presenting to you does not have its origins in the book of Genesis, don't listen to it. It's something that somebody else thought up, man thought up. It wasn't something that God placed there. Now, why do I bring up the book of Genesis? Because of the book of Genesis, when God originally created the earth, okay, when he created the Garden of Eden for man to live in, it, there were no obstacles to overcome. Do you realize that? It was a very easy place to live in. Everything that man needed was provided for. I want you to get this because you understand. That is the ultimate that God wants us to live on this earth is what life was originally like back in the garden, okay? I'm not saying that we're going to walk around there naked. I'm not saying we're going to you know, live off of just fruit and trees and things of that nature. What I'm talking about is the fact that God created a place for man that man could experience his perfection. God's perfection is always the goal for us. His perfect will, his perfect plan, his perfect way of doing things, perfect relationships, relationships that are based on love and based on forgiveness and practice forgiveness. So obstacles were never supposed to be part of mankind's experience. There's only one thing, one challenge that God ordained uh, in the life of man was that they were not to eat of that one specific tree. You remember that? That was it. Other than that, everything was provided for mankind. Now, when sin came into the world, you remember? Sin came into the world when Adam and Eve sinned against God. They turned against God. They disobeyed him, and sin was allowed to come into the world. 
Okay, so what happened then? What is sin? Sin is an opposing force to the plan of God. Sin is a spiritual force that is always going to counter the will of God, the plan of God in your life and my life and the life of all of mankind. So now, what kind of God would we have had if once that spiritual force that creates obstacles came into this world, if he would have left us without an option, if he would have left us without any type of weapon or tool or equipment to counter that force, what kind of God would he be if he would have left us just at the, at the mercy of sin, at the mercy of darkness, at the mercy of the kingdom of darkness? He wouldn't be a God of love. Amen? Amen. So, so God instituted this force that we call faith. I, want you to, I just want you to get an idea of where we're going with this message tonight. Now, this life that we're talking about, successful, productive, can only really be attained by the person who is connected to God. One who knows how he operates, knows the principles of God that he has set up for his kingdom. Now, some of you could be sitting there saying, Pastor, that's not really true. Because even unbelievers, even people that consider themselves atheists, they would, they have had a beneficial effect on humanity. People that have no connection with God have still come up with some inventions, they've still come up with some services, some products, uh, in the medical industry, some cures, research. However, it is true that they've tapped into God's principles without tapping into God. But understand this, although they have, may have learned how to feed multitudes, they may have learned how to cure the sick, provide jobs, none of them have ever led a single person into eternal life. That is the sign of a successful life, a productive life. Only God has the answer to every single need, whether it's material or spiritual. I want you to understand that. Because we have a habit as human beings in our human nature to try to look for every other kind of human solution rather than going to God. How many of you, how many of you have had situations in your life and, and you, you go through every length of going to this person, that person, this agency, that agency, uh, this doctor, this specialist, all this other stuff, and then you finally come back to go, you know what, I should just pray. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Why is it that we always seem like we wait to the absolute last resort? And it's because it's in, kind of inbred in mankind that we want to try to live on our own. We want to try to stand on our own two feet. We want to try to do things ourselves. And sometimes we don't even realize that that, that can be, if we're not careful, it can develop into outright rebellion against God. God is, our Father in heaven is perfectly content with you and I being completely relying, reliant upon him. That was the plan to begin with. Why do we do that? So, getting back to this, this, this subject here of faith, because it's going to take faith for you to live a productive life. It's, I'm not talking about faith where you say, well, it's my label, my faith is I'm a Christian. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about the supernatural force of faith. Are you listening? What is this faith? Faith, according to Hebrews chapter 11. All right, let's, let's go to that one. Can, can you go to verse one? Or verse, verse one, and we'll just read through a little bit. I'm sorry for throwing that at you at the last minute like that. Hebrews chapter 11, verse one. That would be the first verse in the chapter. 
Verse 1. Here we go. Now faith is the substance of what? Things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. I want to challenge you tonight. Because you see, these scriptures were the scriptures that I was brought up on as a Christian. I don't mean from a child. I mean in my Christian life. Okay? And so there's a tendency sometimes that when you hear, and I know I fought this for many years, I would sit in a service like this, and if I heard the minister go to the pastor, the teacher, the evangelist, let's go to Hebrews chapter 11, I go, here we go again. Here we go, we're going to talk about faith, okay? But let me, let me just ask you this question. Have you yet experienced enough faith in your life to turn things around? Have you yet experienced enough faith in your life to meet every challenge that's going to come at you? I would venture to say we probably have not yet. And so because this is the force that God has given to mankind to overcome the obstacles that were brought into our life through sin, you and I are going to need to build our faith constantly. Why? Because we live in a planet and we live in a society and we have an enemy that's, going, that's constantly wearing down our faith. Are you listening to me? And it seems that when you're at the, the, the time when you need it the most is when you find yourself with the least of it. It shouldn't be that way because we should stay on top of these things. The unfortunate thing with us is we're reactive. We, we, as human beings, many times we are reactive. I didn't say pro-reactive. We should be pro-reactive, but we're just reactive. What is reactive? Reactive is knee-jerk. A challenge comes at us. An attack comes against us. A sickness. You lose your job. You get the letter in the mail that they're going to repossess the house. And what happens? Now you go into reaction mode. And the first thing is the tears come. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? I need a car. I need a house. I need this. I need that. The other thing. And then we settle down a little bit. And then we go into the self-condemnation. This is my fault or this is, this is, you know, because I made this choice or I made that choice. If I had a better education, if I had a better job, you know, if I had a, 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 a spouse that wouldn't spend so much money, if I had children that didn't cost me so much, if I had, that's the next phase. Then we get to the point of going, okay, well, looks like nothing's going to change unless I connect with God again. And so then we run to God. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I hope you didn't come here tonight because you were in stage three. It's time to run to God. I hope you came here tonight because you recognize the value of being proactive. We can never talk too much about faith, just like you can never have too much chocolate. You can never have too much pizza. You understand what I'm saying? There's certain things in our life we're going to need always. You're going to always need oxygen. You're going to always need water. You're going to always need some type of food. We're going to always need light. We're going to always need warmth. We're going to, there's certain basic things that we have to have in order to live our life here on this earth, in order to survive. And in order to survive, and not just to survive, but listen to my heart, please. In order to thrive as a Christian, you're going to have a faith. You're going to need to have a faith that is extremely active. How many realize every day we live, we're facing things possibly that we've never had to face before? Okay? Uh, I've never been 61 years old before. Every year that we attain, we're going to face different things in life. You enter into different seasons of life. There's some of you that are very young in this room. You've got a lot of seasons ahead of you. Uh, There's some of us, you know, we've lived a bunch of seasons already. We've still got some left, but... 
for the most part, you know, um, we were in different stages of life and different seasons of life. And so you face things in those seasons that you never had to face before, and they require faith. They require you to be very, very much connected to the principles of the word of God. And let's spend a little bit, yeah, that's good. Let's say that one there. Faith is a requirement. It's not an option. It's not an option. Some people think it's an option. And, and, and can, I, can I just, let me just, can I just, let me just vent a little bit. Can, can I just vent? Do I have your permission to vent a little bit? Because maybe we'll learn a couple of things. It seems like the more the world that we live in becomes reckless and irresponsible, it seems the more that our society is kind of like conditioning us as, as people to be more and more reliant upon the government and more and more reliant upon them, you know them? Because you know, they're gonna supply, you know, they're gonna help me. And you know, we, the, more, the more that stuff is penetrating the church, the less I find people operating in faith. Because we start thinking it's somebody else's responsibility to take care of me. It's somebody else's responsibility to provide my needs. Well, in a sense, it is God's. But we, what we do is we become, the more, here, is it, here it is, here, maybe this is going to be more clear. The more reliant we become upon human beings, the less faith we're going to develop. Amen. Because there comes a time, and listen, and I hope it comes sooner than later. Because when it comes sooner in life, it makes us better people. There's going to come a time when everybody that you used to rely upon is not going to be there. There's going to come a time that they got more problems than you have. And you're not going to be able to get bailed out. There's going to come a time when you're going to walk out of the doctor's office completely just, just hit out of left field. There's going to come a time when there's not going to be mommy and daddy there to bail you out or this one or the other one. Or, or, or a government program or whatever, there's going to come a time when you're going to be forced to just say, God, I have nobody but you. And, and at that point in time, you're going to need to have faith in place already. There's going to come a time in your life where you're going to face challenges where you can't take the time and go, time out challenge. Let me go get built up in my faith so I can come back here and combat you. The devil doesn't play fair. Have you recognized that? He just keeps coming at you. Life just keeps coming at you. Circumstances just keep coming at you. I'm not trying to paint this gloom and doom, but, but what's happened is the church has taken faith and going, you know, that was, that was nice. It's nice. You know, but we'll put it over here until I really need it. Well, you need it every day. You need it every day. Every day, every day you need to learn by faith who you are in Christ for that day. What you have in you, what's been made available to you so that you can tap into that to face the challenges of that day. Whether it's challenges on the job, whether it's challenges in your physical body, whether it's challenges in relationships, no matter what it is, every day you are faced with the opportunity to come up to a new level. Every day. And the only way we're going to do that is by faith. Because faith is a requirement. It is not an option. Okay? Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the, the, the evidence of things not seen. Faith, very plainly, is this. Faith is taking God at his word before we see any physical evidence of it. That's not easy. I don't care what you say. That's not easy. Taking God at his word without seeing any physical evidence I don't care who you are if you tell me. That's an easy thing. 
you're delusional. Because we have been created by God to be individuals that are moved very much by our senses. Now, I didn't say that, they, that, that he created them in us to challenge us and to stumble us and to create more obstacles in our life, but he created us individuals that we're moved, we're moved in the natural I'm talking about. I'm not talking about spiritually, naturally. We are moved by what we see. We are moved by what we hear. We are moved by, by, by the things we experience, our feelings. Feelings are very, very powerful things. But there's something that's more powerful, and that's faith. Faith. Faith is the only thing that's going to cause you to overcome your feelings. Faith is the only thing that's going to cause you to rise up above what you're seeing happening in front of you. Are you listening? Faith is not an option. It's a spiritual force. It's an assurance based on his word and his faithfulness. Now, I started going this direction and then kind of got sidetracked. Do you understand, because there's no use me going any further with this if you don't understand something. Do you understand and do you perceive and do you, is it part of who you are, the fact that God's word is powerful? Do you understand? Because this, see, the, the book, this can't just be a book of information. This has got to be a book of revelation. This book is not meant to entertain you. This book is meant to inform you, to reveal to you, to unfold before your eyes who God our Father is in heaven and who Jesus Christ is, his son. And this book will lead you into a relationship with the son who will lead you into a relationship with his spirit. And his spirit then will turn around then and reveal to you what this word says. I'm concerned that too many people do not place the emphasis on the word enough. You can only build faith in your heart to the point of the amount of word that you have received into your life. You cannot have faith over and above this. It just doesn't happen. Why? Because faith comes by hearing, and hearing what? The word of God. So if, if, you, if you haven't developed a reverence for this word, and I'm not saying to you to worship this Bible, make sure that you put it someplace and it's holy and you kiss it and you don't let anybody touch it or anything. No, I'm not talking about idolatry. I'm talking about reverence. There's a very big difference between reverence and idolatry. Now, whether, whether you understand this or not, and if you don't, it's about, you know, it'll be a good opportunity for me to start bringing you to that point. As believers... It is God's will for us to be people of the word, okay? Um, the Israelites in the Old Testament were known as people of the book. It was the word of God that defined who they are. It is the word of God that's supposed to define who you and I, who we are. Are you catching this? Okay? This is the center and the focus of our relationship with the Father. Jesus is not here in person. I don't know if you want to realize that. You know that, right? Jesus is not here. He's not on the earth in person. You, there's no place you're going to go on the earth to find him. He's not here. He's in heaven. He's been risen from the dead. He ascended back to that place of honor that he had with the Father, and that's where he's been ever since. Okay? Now, he left us this book. There were people that were inspired after he left this earth to reveal and to explain what was in the first part of the book. 
Okay? You catching that? And don't fall into this trap that so many Christians are falling into in this generation, in this day and age, that they want to fragment this book. I hear too many people talking about this. I hear too many people on television, you've got to watch who you watch. You've got to be very aware of who you're listening to. There's too many people that want to fragment this book. Well, that's Old Testament. No, it's the first part of the covenant. Okay? You can't take the first part of the covenant and throw it away and expect to have a complete relationship with the God who was revealed in this entire book. Are you getting this? This word is going to show you. This, when we say the word, forgive me for my Christianese, this collection of God's revelation, it's what's going to cause you to know the Father. It's what's going to cause you to know how he operates, what he, what he thinks, how his heart is moved. It's not going to come from your own mind. It's not going to come from your feelings. In fact, most of the time, your feelings are going to go contrary to what this book says. So please understand that. And please understand, if you're going to have faith that is strong, it's, you're going to need a lot of what this book says. You're going to need to know it, okay? And, and learn from the stories. Learn from the histories. Learn from, from, from even from creation in the beginning. Learn from this. Let those stories, just, let's, let them become part of your being. And then there's going to come a day when the Holy Spirit will be able to take that information back up to you. When you're in a situation, say, do you remember what God did in so-and-so's life? And do you remember what God did when, when Israel was facing this problem? And do you remember what, how Jesus handled this situation? And do you remember when Paul came in contact with these people, how he handled things? That's how he teaches us. That's how the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us into all truth. Are you catching this? Listen to me. The more of this word that you have stored inside you, the greater your ability will be to overcome obstacles in your life. Okay? The more, let, let's put it this way. Maybe I could explain it this way. God has a promise in his, in his word for every situation you're ever going to meet in life, every challenge, every obstacle you're ever going to meet. Okay? Now, if you don't know that, then the enemy will make you feel helpless. The enemy of our souls will come to your mind and make it sound like, number one, this is the first time anybody's ever gone through this situation that you're facing. Number two, you're not going to make it this time. So if you don't know what the promises are in here, you're probably going to get overwhelmed, and you'll be overcome rather than you be the one who overcomes. Okay? You need this. Now, I can't come to your house. I cannot attach myself to you. Neither can another human being, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year, and make sure that you're studying and make sure that you're learning and make sure that this is, this is becoming part of, your, of, of who you are. You have to do that. You have to develop. And, and you, you know how when you were sick when you were a kid and your mother forced you to eat stuff? Okay, she made the soup, and even though it, you know, normally the soup is delicious, but you know when you got a cold, your taste buds, nothing tastes right. So I guess it's only me, I, I don't know. And you want to put like a, a pound of salt in there because nothing tastes, has no, no flavor. And so what'd you do? You had to force yourself. She'd stand there with the spoon and say, come on, just a little bit more, a little bit more. Why? Because she knew in order for your immune system to get built up, you were going to need some nourishment. Okay, didn't, all you wanted to do was just roll over and just say, leave me alone, let me sleep, or leave me alone, and just hack and cough up all kinds of colorful stuff and all kinds of things. That's all you want to do. But what did you do? You finally, you finally went with it and you force-fed yourself, right? 
You allowed that stuff, you allowed that soup to come, become part of your system. Why? Because it was going to build you up. Didn't feel like eating it, okay, but you, you allowed that, okay? You, you, you received it. Well, there's sometimes you're going to have to do the same thing when it comes to the Word of God. You don't feel, I just, I just don't feel like, I don't feel like reading it. I just don't feel like reading it. I just don't feel, I read this already. Oh, why do I have to read it? I read this already. I don't want to read it. But you, you force yourself. Why? Because it needs to become part of your system because you don't know what you're going to face tomorrow. So we need faith. Now, in these few minutes that are left here tonight, I really feel like I needed to lay a little bit of foundation and I hope that you understand this. So let me give you a little bit more foundation, and then we're going to go into some of this, and then we'll pick this up again next week, all right? Is that okay? All right. Again, faith is taking God at his word before we see any physical evidence of it. To live by faith means to believe God's word and act like it's true. To believe his word and act like it's true. So it's going to take a decision on our part, right? And sometimes, remember, sometimes you're not going to have the evidence to support that decision yet. So well, that sounds crazy. No, that's faith. You may not have the evidence right away. Normally, the evidence will follow the decision. Now, in natural standards, just living a natural life here, evidence comes first, then the decision. That doesn't work that way in the kingdom of God. You make the decision, I'm going to believe God for what he said. I'm going to believe God because he said it. And then the evidence comes to support it. Are you getting this? Okay? All right. So we receive from God based on who he is, not who we are. It is a system based on love. It's conveyed to us by his grace, and then it's manifested into reality by faith. Now, understand this part, and if we just get this tonight, we'll be good. There is, in the life of faith, in the life of seeing God's promises come to pass, in the light of having a successful life, If you're going to have a successful, productive life, you must understand and accept as fact and reality that there is the God side of things and then there is the man side of things. Are you listening to me? In other words, you and I must cooperate with God in order to see the promises come to pass. You can't just sit it out. You can't just, and and, oh my God, so many people, well, you know, you know, God knows me and God knows what I need, and you know, if he wants to do something in my life, he'll do it. That, that, that's not how it works. That's, if, that, if it worked that way, there'd be nobody in hell. If it worked that way, we'd all be skinny and rich. It doesn't work that way. Are you catching this? What is it about this that we don't understand? Because you see what happens is you will end up floating through life very complacent and never accomplishing a thing, always being overcome. Then you, then you get used to living a life that's just constantly overcome and you walk around like Ehor. <coughs> oh, bother. You know, you know just life is just not fair and everything always happens to me and all this other stuff. You know anybody like that? You can't. You have to get proactive. You have to understand. Jesus talked about this stuff all the time. He says, you know, you have to learn to take authority over the strong man. You don't wait until the strong man is breaking into your house 
to then go buy an alarm system. You don't wait until a thief is climbing through your front door for you then to go get a gun permit. You don't wait until the bully is on your front doorstep and then you go, wait a second, you run downstairs and start. (laughs) You will not win. They're going to take everything you have and laugh at you. Are you listening to me? So there's the God side and then there's the man side. When we do our part, he will always do his part. Now, I'm going to tell you, okay, there is teaching that's coming against this idea. Don't listen to it. Do not listen to it. Because uh, let me tell you something. Just because somebody's got a TV program and just because somebody's internationally known does not mean that everything they say is correct. Okay, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not pointing to any one particular individual, but I know that I know that I know because I hear it. There is teaching that's coming against this stuff. Okay, and it is untrue. Jesus himself taught us that we have to cooperate. When we believe, we receive. If we don't believe, we don't receive. Now, does it, God is not the one who's controlling that. It is not this thing where God is gonna determine whether your life is gonna be good or bad. Well, you know, I got it in for her. I don't like her. I never liked her from the day she was born. I'm gonna bless him. That's not God, and yet there's people that teach that kind of stuff all the time, okay? It's just God is sovereign. You're not going to be able to change things. It's just whatever God wants. God wants us to be all born again, all filled with the Holy Ghost. God wants us to be walking in faith, overcomers, overcoming every obstacle that comes against us. God has never meant for us to be a bunch of weaklings, pushovers. Okay, that has never been God's will. God has never ordained for an individual to just be a pushover and just let the enemy run all over their lives. In fact, it's the very opposite. We're to be overcomers. So let me give you, let me give you a kind of a scenario here. Maybe you'll understand it better. The God side. The God side is this, that God sent his only son to go to the cross and die on our behalf to take our place. Here's the man's side. That whosoever believes in him shall what? Not perish, but have what? everlasting life. So you see the God side and the man side. Now God's done his part. God's done his part for the whole world. For God so loved the world that he gave, right? So God's done his side. Now if you didn't cooperate with the man side, would you experience salvation? Absolutely not. Yet would you agree that salvation's been purchased for every human being that's on the earth? Everyone that's ever born, ever been born? Right? Everyone that's ever going to be born. So, so that's the God side of things. The man's side is to place our faith and trust in what he said and our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Are you catching this? Yes. Okay. The God side. I am the God that heals you. Exodus chapter 15. Okay, yes or no? Yes. What's the man's side? I believe that you are the God that heals me. I believe that Isaiah 53 is true, that you took all of my sickness and my disease and you placed it on Jesus' body at the cross and by his stripes, I am healed. Not gonna be healed. I am healed, okay? So nobody would ever say, well, you know, I'm gonna be saved. Right? You prayed and what happened? You got saved. I am saved. Are you listening? So there's the God side and there's the man side. You can't, if you 
If you choose to not take action on the man's side, then the God's side cannot be manifested. Are you, are you, are you getting this? So now what's going to give us the power, the enablement to rise up to the man's side? Because, you know, in order for us to participate on the man's side of things, it's going to be tough because you don't have the evidence of what God said yet until you participate. So what's going to give us the force to participate? Faith. Faith. So now, so now I'm going to fulfill the man's side of this whole equation. Why? Because I choose to trust that what God said on the, on the God side is true. Yes, yes or no? Yes. So let me ask you this question then. Who is responsible for the type of life that you're going to live? Is it God? We are. Is it the devil? No, you are. You are. Why? Because you and I have the power of life and death in our mouth, in our tongue. You can choose to say what God says about the situation, or you can choose to side with the feelings, the emotions, the physical pain, the physical lack, whatever, whatever is manifesting. Whatever you align yourself with, is what's going to manifest. If you align yourself with God's promises, then you're going to manifest God's promises. Well, you know, Pastor, I don't, I don't you know, because yesterday I prayed, and I, it didn't happen yet. You realize that Abraham waited 25 years for his son to show up? You realize that things just don't happen like this? You want to know Why? Because God's more concerned with what you become than what you accomplish. And sometimes he's got to work some things out in us so that when, when it comes, it's a blessing, not only for us, but through us, not a curse. How many have ever met people, okay, that one time they were impoverished and all of a sudden they come into wealth and it's the worst thing that ever happened to their lives? They did not allow God to work things out in their life to get them to the place where they were ready to receive that kind of blessing, okay? The Gospels tell us, again, I talked about this this past weekend, I think. Um, Peter, Peter's mother-in-law is sick. She's got a fever. She's laying on the couch in the house, okay? Jesus comes over. He, he rebukes the fever. What does it mean, rebuke? It's just a fancy word for it. He just told it off, okay? He told the fever, uh, get out of here. You got no place in this person's life. I'm stronger than you. Get out. And the fever left. You know what she did? She got up and served. She got up and served. She, she immediately, she didn't sit there and go, oh, this is nice. I feel better. What'd she do? She jumped up and she served them. How many people, how many people do we know? Of course, nobody in here. Nobody in here. They receive their healing from God. Their condition clears up but they still don't lift a finger to do anything for the Lord. There's the God side, there's the man side. Are you hearing me? Now, we receive empowerment to do the man side when we, when we allow our faith to get built up. When, we allow, when, when we're, so, we're so saturated with what God has done 
with what God is doing and what God is capable of doing in the future. When you're so saturated with that, situations come and you go, okay. No big deal. How many remember the days? Some of you may be in that season right now because maybe this is all new to you. When you fell apart, you just fell to pieces at the slightest little tragedy that came into your life. How many, how many remember those days? How many have seen some growth now where that doesn't happen like it used to happen? Right, because you went through some things, right? And he, took, and he walked you through them. He didn't, he didn't get, it didn't come. It came to destroy you, but he wouldn't allow it because you stuck with him. Because you said, I believe in you. I'm sticking with you. I know that this was no surprise to you. That this situation, this thing that's coming against me, you're going to walk me through this. You're either going to deal with it or you're going to give me the grace to walk through it. But one way or the other, I'm coming on the other side a different person. Are you listening? What, is, what, what, what allowed that to happen? What did you receive? What came into you? What built up in you that allowed that change? And you even look back sometimes and go, man, you know, uh, something half of this size or magnitude would have just, just threw me for days. Now it's like, all right, it's no big deal. Jesus will take care of this. That was the faith that got built up in your heart because you trusted God. You did the what? The man's side. And what did God do? The God side. This is how it works continuously. This is how, and a lot of times we don't want to work it. We don't want to work the man's side. We would rather wallow. We'd rather complain. We'd rather suffer. We'd rather tolerate the circumstance. We'd rather live so, like an inferior life than what God was, 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 has meant for us rather than us rise up and do the man's side. See, because the man's side is not easy. When you work the man's side, sometimes you're going to get criticized by people. The God side is when he makes grace available. The man's side is when we believe that promise. We speak that promise and we act on that promise. Amen? Amen. James chapter one, verse five, and then we'll just go through the scripture and we'll stop for tonight. Is that good? Is anybody learning anything tonight? Is anybody in that season right now where you need this? Just one or two people. James chapter 1, verse 5, I quote this scripture constantly. Why? Because I don't know everything. Do you know everything? Who in here knows everything besides Brian? So because we don't know everything, this is one of those scriptures we probably should be quoting every single day. Thanking God for it. Now watch. Now let's look at the principles here. If any of you lacks wisdom, anybody here lack wisdom about anything? Yeah, yeah. Let him do what? Ask of God, not, not to each other. Not, and, 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 all right. Let him ask of God who gives to how many? All. How? Liberally and without reproach. And I told you so, I told you so, I told you so. And it will be what? Given to him. Now look, look at these principles here. Yet how many times are we making stupid, foolish mistakes, foolish decisions because we didn't take the time to say to God, Father, I don't know how to do this. I don't know what I should do. I don't know how to handle this relationship. I don't know what decision to make. I don't know what direction I should go in. I don't really know what to do. But Lord, you said in James chapter one, verse five, it's recorded for us that by the Holy Spirit through James the apostle, he said, if any of us lacks wisdom, I'm lacking wisdom here, Father, 
that I'm to ask of you. I'm coming to ask you, Lord, and that you're going to give to all. You're not going to hold back from me, and you're not going to just give it to me with an eyedropper. You're going to give it to me how? Liberally. What does liberally mean? Abundant, abundant, abundant. He's just going to pour it out on you. Why? Because he loves when his children come to him and ask. And it will be given to him. Now, this topic here is wisdom. But these principles operate for everything. It's the same principles for whatever you need. Father, I lack finances. I'm in need. I got bills to pay. I got responsibilities. So Lord, I'm coming to you, and I believe that you're gonna give it to me liberally, without reproach, and it's gonna be given unto me. It's the same principle. God doesn't treat wisdom one way and treat anything else you need. Father, I need health in my body. I need energy. I need, every single service, I stand at that seat at some point before I come up here and say this. Father, by faith, I receive your grace for this particular service. There is a unique group of people that are assembled here tonight. This is not the same. It won't be the same next week. It wasn't the same last week. There is a unique group of people here together, probably never been in the same room all together at the same time. So Lord, you have a specific word for these individuals. You have a specific thing that you want to get across to us who are assembled here tonight. So Lord, that is your grace. What is grace? It's supernatural empowerment that enables me to do stuff that I can't do in my own natural strength, right? So Father, based on these principles, by faith, because faith accesses, accesses the grace of God, by faith I receive the grace that I need to teach, to preach, to minister, to whatever I need to do tonight, or this morning, or Saturday night, or Sunday morning, or whenever it is, so that the needs of your people can be met. Every single service. You say, on Sunday? Yeah, all three services on Sunday. Why? Because Every service on Sunday has a unique group of people here. It's never the same group of people that are here. And so every different group of people, various needs are gonna be there. There's gonna be different needs for different groups of people. I like to believe that he gives me that grace, liberally, and without reproach. And I've seen it happen so many times, at times when I did not even wanna be here. My body was aching or whatever, physical pain, sometimes just emotional aggravation. Have you ever had any of that? You're just like, I don't need this tonight. I just want to go home and rest. I just want to go, I just want to crash in front of the television and get lost in a movie. I don't want to think about anything. But I have responsibilities. I got to be here. And it's during those times when I, I don't want to be here. I don't want to talk to anybody. Those are the times it seems like God just pours it out. Why? Because it's coming by his grace. It's not coming by my strength. Tap into that. T tomorrow morning, Many of you are going to go in your jobs. You're going to be faced with things. You're going to be either faced with new things or, or worse, you're going to be faced with the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old. You don't want to be there. You're tired of this. You want something different. Uh, you can't stand your boss. Uh, none of my employees are ever allowed to think that way. But you understand what I'm saying? What do you need now? You need grace. Grace is strength to just not just face the day, we don't want to just face the day. We don't want to just survive the day. We want to thrive. We want to come out at the end of the day going, man, this was God today. 
This was God today that was able to accomplish anything. And what happens? You get into that mode, and all of a sudden, ideas start coming. Creative ideas start coming. New ways of doing things. Maybe God will bring somebody into your life that's going to teach you something that you didn't know before. You just see the supernatural power of God. Why? Because you stood in faith and you believed that he's a good God. Now go to 11.6, Hebrews 11.6, and then we'll finish for tonight. But without faith, it's what? Come on, let's read through this together. Ready? One, two, three. But without faith, it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he's what? And he is a rewarder of those who do what? Diligently seek him. So let's, let's just dissect this a little bit. We're done. What is the man's side of this? The man's side of this is to come with faith. The man's side of this is to acknowledge that God is. The man's side of this is to be a diligent seeker, right? Diligently seek him. Not just when it's convenient. Diligently seek him. And then what's God's side? He's a rewarder. He's a rewarder. It's our job to please him. That's the man's side. The God side is the reward. Are you got you got this? Yes. Did you get this? Yes. All right. Can you listen to me? This is where we're going to go next week. Now, can we do one more scripture? <laughs> can you give me that scripture? I think it's First Timothy six, or Second Timothy six. First Timothy six. Here it is. Watch, watch. There's another very familiar scripture. Another familiar scripture. Watch this. Fight the what? Good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life to which you also call and have confessed a good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Don't let Paul's fancy language <laughs> confuse you. But look at this. This scripture says here that faith is a fight. Please come next Wednesday. Because next Wednesday I'm going to talk about the enemies of faith. Every one of us have enemies of faith. Every one of us have things that are coming against us, uh, uh, suggestions from the enemy, doubt and unbelief, all these kind of things that, are, that are, serve one purpose, to rob you of your faith. Amen. If he robs you of your faith, then you can't please God. If we can't please God, then we don't receive the reward. Amen. You got it? So will you come next Wednesday? Yes. Bring somebody with you. Bring somebody that's going through something, okay? Yes. All right, God bless you. If you need prayer, come on up. Thanks for listening to this message. We pray that you're blessed and lifted up by God's word. If this message helped you today, please consider supporting New Beginnings financially. You can just go to newbeginningsnj.org and click the giving tab. We hope to see you soon.